Hello and welcome to Black, Brown, and Bilingue, where our mission is to unite the black and brown communities through education, storytelling, and community engagement. The vision of Black, Brown, and Bilingue is to be part of creating a world in which Black and Brown identities are affirmed, bilingualism and biculturalism are nurtured, and equity is the driving force behind all that we do. Thank you for joining us again today. I am Lisette Jacobson, and I am one of your hosts. And I'm Maurice McDavid. I'm your other host. All right. Welcome to another episode of Black, Brown, and Bilingue, and I am just so excited for today's topic because... Um, I think it's one that you and I, Maurice, have talked about, and maybe it's important for educators to understand. So today's topic is about how do we show love as yeah. two people who uh, identify with marginalized groups. And when I say show love, I'm not talking about romantically. I'm talking about friendship, you know, or like family. Although sometimes also romantically. Also true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What that's funny because that was really hard for my man to understand. And it's still hard for my wife. I know. So we need to talk about that. But so how do we show love, right? And the inspiration for this episode came about because Maurice was on Snapchat. I have to give people a little background. Right, right. Maurice was on Snapchat. And, you know, he was trying to stunt with the waves because he got a fresh cut or whatever. And I messaged him saying, you still ugly. Literally, that's it. You, the letter U, and then still, and then ugly. That's it. So then what did you say? So I said, how can I still be ugly, in quotation marks, when I always been fine? Right. So I can't still be something that I, that I've always been the opposite. You feel me? So. So then um, Maurice and I have this joke that whenever he is talking about Samantha, his wife, he always says my wife. So then I replied with, I'm going to have to talk to your wife to confirm that. But then I also, what did I say? I think I said something like you, you all right for a spud head. Something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is all love, right? So why don't we take it back, Maurice, and can you identify, like, when you realized that the way that you show love amongst your family, your friends, and how that was different from what you witnessed with other people? Uh, First off, I got to say, having having grown up here in, in small town USA and having heard uh, and, and spent time with other families and watching them show love and, and then also like on, on sitcoms and stuff. Um, it was real different. And in fact, it really challenged me. My older brother would come for me relentlessly. And- um, Shout out to Brother Henry. Right, right. Shout out to Brother Henry, CEO Henry, um, right now doing big things. But, um, but uh, it took me a minute to kind of figure out like, oh, I think he really does mean one. I don't know if he always meant well, but <laughs> but at family <laughs> events, you know, I, I was probably a young middle schooler when I figured out if I'm going to make it 
after these family events, I better come ready. I better come ready and come right. Um, Because this is how we are going to engage and interact and show love. Um, But it was probably even well into adulthood when I finally had the confidence to be able to come back, uh, ask some folk, because it just, it wasn't my, it wasn't my, um, my natural uh, arena. However, I have definitely replicated this amongst my children. And now I already see it happening in my uh, family where I hear them say, you know, dad, what's your watermelon shaped head? (laughs) I'm here for it. It's so funny though, because, you know, my wife is always, be kind. But your watermelon shape, you know, and so there's this balance. Um, there's this balance. Yeah, that's definitely funny. But probably middle school, middle school, and I, I, um, it hit me when like I was probably I was, you know, moving from eighth grade to high school, and so the family all gathered together, and it's a day to celebrate me and to honor me. And they still roasted me. <laughs> so you, was, if anything, you got it worse. You got it worse. Oh, you know. Um, so like, let me give you a couple examples. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I realized, like, I saw a meme that like little Mexican kids cannot be bullied in school because nobody roasted you worse than your mom or your family. And it is so true. Like, I just think about so many of the nicknames that we give. And so many of the things that we say, I'll give you an example. Growing up, we play Loteria. You familiar with Loteria? Yep, yep, claro que sí. So that is like a Mexican household staple. Don't let, you know, you can't show up to Christmas or Thanksgiving without, hey, who's got the Loteria? Who's going to bring it? So we always, my dad, it all started with my dad because my dad modeled this. Okay. So my sister, I love her. She probably gonna kill me for sharing the story. But we know we have big, beautiful eyes. But for some reason, we just started calling her frog eyes. We would call her a frog, okay? <laughs> and so, especially when she was thinner, they just looked so much bigger. Um, and anytime La Rana would come up as one of the cards, right? Because there's a Rana in the Loteria. <laughs> My, mom, my dad wouldn't even say, or my siblings, even my brothers, they would say, Lorena. Like, so any name, right? Loteria also has El Negrito as one of them. And we lovingly call my brother-in-law Negro. And so now, whenever Negrito comes up, my dad will go, Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> So it just, even then, like, that is just how we bond. Um, you know, we, we will roast each other. Or I know I'm looking halfway decent when if we were going to go somewhere and I, like, got, came out of my room, you know, my hair was done, my makeup was done, my everything, my outfit was, fine, like, great. And my brother would be like, when are you going to get ready? Like, can you take a shower? When you gonna get ready, <laughs> right? And that was like, okay, I'm looking fly, even though he didn't want to compliment me. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, you know, um, first off, you mentioned El Negro, and, and it always makes me think of um, the uh, the Finding Love in New York episode or whatever, where the Latino guy refers to her as Mi Negrita, and she loses her stuff, bro. She, what you call me? Da, 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 and he has to explain that that's a term of endearment. It also, however, reminds me of just the other day having been roasted by a kindergartner right um let him know i love on, this on, story on, on two separate occasions on two separate occasions on on the first occasion there was this little girl who had decided that every time she saw me wearing a different color shirt she was going to identify me as a different uh piece of fruit so i was wearing my blue wego shirt and she said you look like a blueberry so on this particular day i was wearing a red shirt and she says oh you look like a strawberry today no a chocolate covered strawberry. Okay, so first off, that's one. But the other day I'm walking down the hall, um, this is uh, again, another one of my uh, little bilingual kinders. And he says, hola, Principal McDavid. And that would have been sufficient. I was, you know, I was saying hola to all of the kids. Como están ustedes? Muy bien, todo está bien. He says, oh, he, he then comes back, hola, Principal McDavid Negro. <laughs> so now he has said, hello, Black Principal McDavid. Then he comes back a third time and says, hola, Principal McDavid Negro Oscuro, which is to say, hello, dark Black Principal McDavid. And I was just like, <laughs> I said, hey, I'm you are no kindergartner. You and I would have a conversation about uh, pigmentocracy, la, la pigmentocracia, but, but I'm going to let it slide today. Um, that killed that is okay again i think we are in a different time and and i definitely think that in the latinx community or the latino community we need to talk about some of the things that we say because they can be toxic and can be hurtful but i think people need to understand I, I feel like that's where you and i talk about topics that educators may not know right right so you know I think it is important for people to remember that like our kids sometimes don't have that same background and connection to some of the historical things that have happened in this country. Therefore, the things that they say, plus you're a kindergartner, so you just gonna say what's on your mind. But Man. I think that's important for for uh for, for educators to know. I, I will never forget um being in the middle school and kids would just and roasting was what they would call it like i remember using that when we were in school like younger right but i remember when that term came back and i was like oh y'all are roasting each other um that's making a comeback but they would roast each other and some teachers would get really bent out of shape because they thought it was really cruel and you sometimes have to um not only explain that that is how some communities bond but I think it also becomes a learning opportunity for students to know, like, okay, you can only take it so far in a school setting. Now, now, an interesting piece here, right? Everybody, anybody who's listened to Black, Brown, and Bilingue know that we are Hamilton fans, right? What's really interesting is that when you think about roasting, right, I'm standing here right in front of you. You said something to me. Now I'm going to pick some part of your outfit, some part of how you're dressed. And on the spot, I'm going to create something to come back that attacks you. I want you to think about the amount of, of intelligence that is required. And quick right? wit. The quick wit. So when I bring up Hamilton, right? Because they decide 
to, to kind of demonstrate the argument inside of Congress, right? Inside of the federal government as a freestyle battle. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, right? They just were saying it more eloquently, but, but sure. when, when the Senator or the representative didn't like what the other person said, they was regularly coming for them with, with no regard to their feelings or emotions. They were coming for these people. And yeah. so we, we see it happen in other places, right? But particularly right within our communities, this is definitely, you could get a guy, group of guys standing on the block and, and what are we doing? We, we cracking jokes about one another, you know, and that's, that's I know 30 I minutes. You regularly. I roast you regularly, right? And I think if I didn't, ha- that, that is literally one of my love languages because that's how I receive love. Right, that's how I receive camaraderie and friendship and just, again, love. And for people, I mean, you and I have talked about for people who are not used to that, people thought me and you were fighting all the time. Matter of fact, we were interviewing my future AP candidates and you and I engaged in some banter, but you took it a step too far. And I was like, not in front of the candidates, Maurice. Not in front of the kids. No. So so okay. You don't do that in mixed company now. <laughs> now now that's that's a that's a really interesting piece. And then I do want to come back to that idea of taking it too far. But but who this happens in front of, I think, is an important part of the conversation. Definitely. Because because you and I might make jokes that fit for you and I. And for the culture that we've created for Black, Brown, and Bilingue, the, the, the relationship that you and I have, um, uh, you know, and again, we try to keep it a buck on here, so I'll just throw it out there, right? I, I will regularly crack jokes with you about uh, uh, your complexion. Now, outside of our relationship, it is not something that I would do because I think it's dangerous, Right, I think it's dangerous to to get too far in, but but you and I have established that, and so it really, I think there is something to be said about having a clear understanding of when and where um, this this part of our culture really can be exhibited. And you talked about in front of mixed company, right? And that's a really interesting I could idea. You in the back of the neck, you know those chops back in the day. Did y'all ever walk around chopping people? Yes. I wanted to chop you. <laughs> but it, I think it goes back to that, right? Like you and I have been in work situations where people think we're being serious and maybe even makes people uncomfortable, right? Because if you are not used to that kind of conversation, right. it can be very uncomfortable to even witness. And then people suddenly feel like they have to take sides when whole time there's no sides to be taken. Um, but I also think for our young students, you know, it's okay to, I would even say on school grounds, it's okay, but don't disrupt instruction. Don't disrupt other people's work time, right? Like if kids are actually focused and learning or taking a test, but I mean, I really don't see a problem with it. Um, even at, at school, what are your thoughts on that? So for me, I, I think it's a, it goes back to some conversations that we've had about code switching, right? It is the ability, and I think some people still feel like code switching 
is is creating an inauthentic self, right? That you use mm-hmm. your school self versus your, right. your you know, um, true self. And I think um, both uh, of my both are my true selves, right? I I have worked diligently to be able to understand when and where uh, it is appropriate. In fact, in reflecting on my own leadership, I worry sometimes because I'll crack a joke. I mean, in the middle of of anything and everything, I'm still cracking jokes. And, you know, we come out of a CPI hole and I'm like, well, tell you what, got my workout in today. You know, I'm still cracking jokes because I think, again, it's something that goes to my personality, too, of just kind of being loosey goosey. But I do think for our kids, if we want them to be able to bring their true selves to school, we have to allow space for that. But rather than getting mad at kids or telling them what they're doing is wrong, just trying to help them to figure out when and, and where is the right space and time. For and, and don't write them up for it, please. Like, that's the big one for me. Don't write them up for it. If they both laughing, then what are you doing? Even, Who was still, hurt? even when you're not. So, I, I, you know, I think that's a good segue. But before we move on, because I think even if they're not laughing, right? Like, sometimes it may appear serious. Like, you need to do a little bit more digging. Um, But it's funny because at work, I also code switch. And I think, again, that's why I love it. I feel like I'm in a building where, not that I can get away with it, but it just is. You know, I regularly, I, I tell you all the time, one day I was wearing a lot of red. You know, I was into a monochromatic vibe. You know, I'm not that tall, so a monochromatic look, you know, elongates the body. Anything you could do to avoid looking stout, right? <laughs> but looking like I, was a wearing, I was wearing all red and, and one of my teachers who we regularly come for each other's necks, like regularly. He was like, what up, Suge Knight? <laughs> and again, if, if you're on the outside looking in or perhaps you're not used to that, one, that could be perceived as extremely disrespectful to say that to your boss, right? Or it could also be seen as like, there's a special favoritism situation going on. And it's just a different way of connecting. It's no different than me connecting on, like I love camping and I love the outdoors. I can connect with people about that. I can connect with other people about sports. It's just another intersection or another interest of mine that I can connect with people. And so I I do feel like sometimes it does get perceived as like favoritism, but it's like, no, I I connect with people for various reasons. I I think, you know, I'm thinking back to Lissette on on my career. Um, I think it was a way in which I built relationships with kids. Oh yeah, me too. Um, I joke. I fight little kids, even though I don't. But I definitely right. say that. I definitely, though, like, like, and I think particularly built relationships with those kids where maybe some of our other staff were struggling to build relationship, right? And so the assumption was that my relationship came because of my skin color, but really my relationship came because of the culture connected to it, right? Where I was able to come in and say, "Listen." Please don't have me fry y'all. Because, you know, they come in, oh, Mr. David, you know, duh, 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 duh. I said, listen, I'm not one of these other deans, boy. I'll fry you right now and put it on Snapchat today. Whatever you want to do, we can do it. Um, but what that did is that they also would then see me addressing the whole school 
and 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 again hit that cold switch and now I'm able to to do that right so so I think it gave them that okay to be able to know like hey I can I can do both now the other thing though again to keep it uh, just real honest is I can look back and say ooh I went too far there <laughs> I, of my future potential AP not there as much. I'm still reflecting on that. But um, uh, uh, I think he was just being real sensitive. He was being real sensitive in that situation. No, I was. But, but, um, I can tell you, I was in front of a, a class of eighth graders. And um, Tim Vincent, if you ever hear this episode, you probably should have written me up minimally because this, he was a big kid and he was making fun of my shoes. He said, Hey, you wearing a, you know, boy, you look like you walking around on skis, Mr. McDavid. Okay. And he was making fun of my, my feet. Okay. I said, listen, bro, just cause it takes two bed sheets to make your t-shirt. Why did you say that? Because he tried frying me and it came to my head right away and I said it. You know what's funny though? I saw that kid a few years back and he was like, Mr. McDavid, you remember when you roasted me in class, bro? He didn't remember what I had taught him and I feel kind of bad about that. But he remembered that moment, right? Like that we had bonded where you- the whole class was laughing. So then I thought you were going to hit me with like, you know, he got in real great shape. No, no, he's still a big kid. Are you sure you want to air this out? <laughs> I'm, I'm very sure because because it was a lesson for me on um, yeah, professionalism. And you that, know, that I'm the mind. last one to talk about professionalism. What you body shamed that boy? Two sheets to make your shirt. He was making fun of my feet. Wait, you're you're ignoring the fact that this child was making fun of my size 13 or 14 shoe. That's not the same. You're right. It's not because I'm the grown up and I should have done better. Well, and having big feet versus a big body is two different things. I can't lose my feet. He could have. Let me stop. We may have to edit this out, but keep it in because this is how we get down on BBB. Now, again, would I do that today? Probably. No, I would not. Maybe. (laughs) Depends. Depends on how well you know the child, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, no, but I, I do think as much as it absolutely was a way in which I, I um, connected with students, um, I think there is that line of professionalism. Um, that and I'm the last one to tout that, but okay. Even I say that's too far. Okay, so let's switch gears here then. Okay. We both alluded in the beginning that our spouses have had to adjust to this way of showing love. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Is Brett good at it? At the comebacks? Sometimes. Mm. Sometimes he will give me with a zinger where I'm like, where did that come from? Like, oh, that was good. That was good. I think. I can't even believe I'm about to put this out there. But since you were vulnerable, I'm going to do it, too. 
I think there are times where I can dish it out, but if he were to reply, I don't know how well I would take it. I'd be like, baby, that hurt my feelings for real. <laughs> but when that has happened, okay, is because I started out this way. I'm consistent. You can't, right? Like I, not only have I been consistent, but have actually improved. You know, I've realized like, okay, maybe now is not the time to crack a joke or say something smart or whatever, but I've been consistent. So then if he were to turn around and do that to me, I would be devastated. And I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, baby, that really hurt my feelings. Why did you say that? Do you feel that way for real? (laughs) Okay. Is Samantha good at it? No. Yeah, I mean, he ain't, he's not with, his is much more dry, but but I can appreciate some dry humor. Yeah, but mine uh, is quick, honey. Yeah, no, um, uh, her go-to line is like your face, um, you know, which is, which is also, that's, that's fine. It's low level, but you know, it's. <laughs> okay, what if she were to hit you though? Has she ever really come for you and you're like, ouch? So, so she knows, uh, that there are a few things that, um, I am particularly insecure about. Oh, what are that? What is it? And, and she knows what they are. Um, are you going to share? I, I, I never got braces. Um, oh, that's one of my insecurities too. I'm yeah. going to get, I've had them twice. I've had the clear aligners twice. And let me tell you, side note, don't do the Invisalign. I'm just going to go ahead, bite the bullet and get the metals mm, mm. yeah at this point uh, no because at this point i think i'm gonna just rip mine out and get just buy some new ones you know <laughs> i don't i don't know um, no don't do that no it's nothing like your real tea i know I you know. just gotta no, stop I... having rocks for cereal for breakfast <laughs> see this is what i mean wednesday okay That's what oh I'm <laughs> Okay, you know what? I'm I'm cute regardless. So, and way, don't folks, get it twisted. When the sun comes out, I bronze up real nice. That's that's a reference to Wednesday Adams, but I call her Miércoles. She's bilingual. So. Yo, I'm really weak right now. Oh my god! <laughs> but I call her Miércoles. Miércoles. Oh, Miercoles wow. wow. Okay, so uh, that's one of your insecurities. Okay, that's you know that's one of mine too. My my other one is um, and and nobody ever know this because I stopped wearing shorts a long time ago, like in college when I played football. But I got really skinny calves, and like like if you ever see me. Regardless of what the imagery looks like um, on on our BBB really? illustration, my shoulders actually are not just, just slump. Nah, you know, you're a little slumpy. I got I got some. You know, I'm a big dude. You know, I'm, I'm no, but no, but breaths definitely spread. Okay, anyway, that's from all them army push-ups. Fast. Oof, I'm here for it. Um. So, 
But but yeah, there was this boy named Pat Milroy. Shout out Pat Milroy if you ever listen to this episode. We play football together, and we were sitting in class one day, and I was making fun of Pat Milroy, it was, as was part of my culture. And right. Samantha came to Pat Milroy's defense, talking <laughs> about some, at least he got uh, uh, calf muscles or something. I, I was hurt. I was hurt. I was really hurt. I still today, like if Samantha and I are ever arguing, I'd be like, well, why don't you just go call Pat Milroy and look at his calf muscles? <laughs> like like to, to this day, I still call out. Yeah, so. Okay, can I tell you my next one? Yeah. Listen, you know when you ever see like those girls that are super catfish, like their face looks all beautiful and perfect, but their body's a little bigger? When I gain weight, it goes straight to my cheeks. It is the worst. My body may not even be as big as my cheeks. It is so devastating. And all my life, my dad called me Cachetona, or he still calls me Tona or Tonita. And it's like, oh, I got them from you, dad. And my, I feel like sometimes my body does not match my face. Let me eat one too many pieces of like Popeye's wings or whatever. Baby, the bloating is real. But that's my insecurity too. And Brett will sometimes pull them or squeeze them. There's a wedding picture of, there's literally, and maybe I will post it when I re-edit this. Um, there's a picture where on our wedding day, he's pinching my cheek and I'm just kind of like, really? Why are you doing this right now? It so, was our wedding day. Sorry. But yeah. So those are my insecurities, but I've been fried about it my whole life. So, okay, so Samantha's not that good at it. No. Let me Hold ask on, you but, this though. Go ahead. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Cause you talked about what you've been fried about. <clears throat> what I've been fried about my entire life uh, when I was younger, it was definitely being overweight. I had this girl, we call her Muffin. And Muffin, I remember on the church van, just being like, come on, Marie, say it with me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And she <laughs> The nutty professor? <laughs> the whole nutty professor. Every Sunday. I hated going to church, bro, if she was going to be there. But we could cool oh, now. Oh, I can come and see you, too. I ain't going to lie. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then the second piece was how I speak. So even I'm talking as recent as like high college graduation party. My cousins came down from the city. I have a cousin who's a police officer and he's roasting me about which still old Obama sounded. <laughs> so it is, is uh, uh, I graduated uh, from Knox College. I, I mean, just, <laughs> it was, that was it. That was it. That, they always came for me. So that's hilarious. Thought I add a little timber in my voice. You know, if I'm talking okay. to my family from the city. So that being said, right, obviously our spouses had to do some adjusting because it can sound really mean and you may not be mentally prepared for the frying session that you are about to go through. And it can actually really catch you off guard. Let's talk about, though, sneak dissing. Mm. That's different. But sometimes it's people... But people will sometimes, you know, roast or crack jokes under that veil, right? So what are your thoughts on that? It is very different because, again, when you talk about it being part of the culture, my, a majority of my experience with it was with people that I cared about as a way to show care. Now, on occasion, it did show up in ways where it was really 
verbal altercation that was going to lead to something else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a majority of my experience, especially, you know, I, I tell folk I ain't been in a fight since I was 12 years old, but I've been roasting. You were people. in a fight when you were 12? I was in a fight when I was 12, yeah. I won, by the way, but it's whatever. And I, I think that was when I got into my real, real fight. Anyway, I yeah. won also. Somebody said yeah. I knocked the boogers out of her. <laughs> she was with a booger right here. Mm-mm-mm. And you got in a fight too. Did you win? Yeah, I won. Yeah. But okay, but, anyway, again, that's besides the point. Go ahead. But so I think I think when it gets to a place where it's where it's real, right? Um, you know, I think a lot about like uh Sneak this and like, cause I guess even, even in those situations where, where those all verbal altercations are real, say it to my face and we can talk right. about it. Right. Sneak this and is a whole separate occasion. And by the way, it happens in, in professional circles. We don't necessarily call it sneak distance, but it happens in professional circles all the time. And it's oftentimes rooted, rooted in that PB and J, that professional jealousy right, of, of what well, they, you know, I feel like they doing better than me or they're getting more recognition than me. So now, did you see what she was wearing anyways? No, no I didn't. And if you got a problem with it, go tell it to her. So like, let's, let's, let's really or, be about or it. Or I've been the recipient of this one. It's easier to do that at your building. Mm. Oh, the backhanded, the backhanded, uh, you know, almost compliment, right, of like, or, or the, the, yeah, the excuse making really is what it is, but but at the same time, while I'm trying to make myself feel better, I got to try to make you feel worse. Well, it's your building, you know, I'd expect that because of who the kids you have. Mm-hmm. First off, don't come from my kids either. I, I, that's one thing that's we funny. not Right. So, you know, I think it is also important too. like, hey, I've been in situations where I've cracked the joke and the other person wasn't in the mood or they've cracked the joke and I wasn't in the mood. Right. That's another time where you have to be careful because you may have that relationship established, but no. you're not always going to be in the mood. Right. Sometimes I've seen kids punch other kids and I was like, y'all was kicking it yesterday. I know, but I wasn't in the mood today. And he said something crazy. Yeah. Something hey. for educators to think about. Hey, have you seen have you seen the TikTok? What's that? And this is just a quick side note where where the girls are going back and forth roasting one another. And then the one girl says, well, that's why your mama dad. What type of shoes she got on? What type of shoes she got on in that casket? And is we ought to share that, too, because it's, it is when roasting goes way beyond Right. Right. Like, but then I would hate line. for people who are listening to this to walk away with the wrong impression. So let's bring it back. You and I, I, I really do consider you one of my closest, dearest friends. Igualmente. So it wouldn't work though if we weren't as close as we are. And, and it's not just me and you, I think our families, you know, we could always get our kids together and it'll be right. fine. Um, right. But yeah, like it still is at the end of the day, my preferred way to connect and my default. It is. It's my default. I don't know if it's it good is. or bad. Maybe I'm not even going to put my judgment on it, but it is what it is. And my family is like this. Everybody in my family is like this. Everybody. I can't even, probably the least one is my mom because she's just an angel, but. She'll still talk about you. 
It's definitely your default. And, um, and it is not, I don't think it is between you and I, I don't think it is as much my default. Um, which again, I think, you know, we've talked about like when I, when I decide, okay, Lissette, that's fine. I don't, I don't been patient. Now I got to come back for you sometimes, you know, too. It's like, wait, wait, Maurice, you, you don't always, you know, engage right. in, in these activities. Um, but uh, just know that I have it, you know, I have it in my back pocket. Uh, you know, though, who is a master at it is my mother. My mother is a master. Hey, your mom is the real. <laughs> She'll get you real quick. Um, so she's she is good at it. Uh, my older brother, though, I'm telling you, even to this day, I I, I don't even try to. Compete. I'm still stuck on Janetta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll get you. She will. I feel like she came for me once, and I was like, "What did I do?" <laughs> I think we were at that painting thing at your at your church. She came for me hard. It, it, I had to look at Sam, and Sam was just kind of like, "Don't listen to her. Don't pay, <laughs> don't pay her no mind." I was like, oh. "Right, she's gonna be all right. She's gonna be all right." Yeah. So, um, you know, I think this was a really fun episode. A really, I think, necessary conversation because so many of our students engage in this, and I think with social media, like I feel like you can just see it, like these these quick comebacks. I even think about like that whole thing with like, what are those, right? Like how social media feeds into that. And if you're in education and you don't know that, that could actually be very difficult for you to navigate. And so here we are at Black Brown Bilingua having a very honest down to earth conversation, but still educating people, right? Because you need to know this. Right. Well, and I think, I think, you know, if I was to give that final thought as we typically do, I, I really would say um, I love the, the fact that my previous district had a separate definition for bullying than harassment, right? Um, because, and I think it's pertinent to the conversation we're having today, because I think some folk would hear somebody roast from somebody else and automatically want to call them a bully and everything else and this, that, and the other and, and make it into this whole big ordeal when it's not that. You're, you're misunderstanding what's happening. Even if you don't want the kids doing it right there or maybe in the classroom or whatever it may be, to say that it's bullying, right? It is not this different positionality. It is not this ongoing thing. It is not somebody feeling unsafe or unwelcome, right? Um, and so being able to, to really differentiate between um, bullying, harassing, and then, you know, playing the dozens, frying, roasting. Now I'm finna bake you, boy. Now I'm on your head, boy. Now I'm on your neck, boy. Long neck, strong neck. Look, right? Literally. Had it shows you looking, boy. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> Half of these expressions mean nothing. SpongeBob square head looking, boy. Tell me, what does that mean other than just like it's a way for us to banter back and forth? Mm -hmm. So I think we got to, you know, I, I want, I definitely want teachers to walk away, listeners to walk away knowing um, uh, that if one of your friends of color comes at you and fries you, don't go home and cry. It means you're invited to the barbecue. Or how we say in Spanish, la carne asada. You know, <laughs> Before, before miércoles, I'm sorry. 
Yo, I'm not gonna stop laughing. <laughs> that was so good. I love it. Oh, that is so funny to me. I'm gonna have to get a shirt. Miércoles. Miércoles. There we go. Um. Oh, that is so funny. Um. Goodness. I was just thinking about this too. Like before I give my final thought. Um. One of our colleagues brought her baby. And I defaulted to like my Mexican mothering. And in my Mexican mothering, again, to show love, I'm like jostling the baby and saying bad words and loving on him. And if I could, I would have like just bit his arms and his legs and oh my goodness. But it is like the biggest form of affection. Like even with babies, I do that. I'm just rough. Oh, I'm just rough. Miércoles is rough. So, but I mean, well, you know, so buena gente, like, <laughs> I think that is so funny when people have used to describe you that, uh, how people have used that phrase to describe you. Um, but I think my final thought is we have to be more informed about some of the cultural nuances, especially when talking about policy, right? How you, you, talked about how your previous district um, had that distinction. And um, policies are often developed or created centering white norms. And so these things are very real. Things are, these things are happening. Kids are doing this all day long and we have to be mindful of them if we want to be responsive, right? So I think Absolutely. again, that's, I think, my biggest takeaway is be mindful of that when you're creating policy. I love that. I love that. Definitely in the policy piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folks, uh, I hope that you have laughed with us. Um, I hope that you have not walked away too offended. Um, <laughs> just Yo, hope you learned so- something. <laughs> uh, but for Black, Brown, and Bilingue, this is one of your hosts, Maurice McDavid. And Lissette Jacobson, muchas gracias for tuning in. Adios.